Welcome to Goblin Entertainment. I'm Rob Hoffman. I'm the other guy. The other guy is actually here today. Holy crap. Shit snacks. I know this is kind of a benchmark day on our special Mother's Day episode of Goblin Entertainment, brought to you by Valor Infinity Studios. You can check them out at www.valorinfinitystudios.com. The song in the background is Backwards by Shellshock Lullaby. Awesome group. Check them out at shellshocklullaby.com. All right. So we have the special uh, episode of uh, Goblin Entertainment on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I love my mom. I love my mom, too. I love your mom, too. I don't don't love her when she hits me, but other than that, she's a pretty cool mom. She She hits pretty hard. She does. She's a kung fu master. She even, she kind of chokes people when she hugs them. Yep. If she's not happy. It's it's the Italian-Colombian mom in her. It's pretty scary. Just don't get her mad. I forgot to send her a card out, so you need to take her card to her when you go back home. Uh, I... (laughs) I did, I did send her a gift, though. Thank God for Amazon.com. Yeah, I, I forgot to get my mom anything. I meant to yesterday, and instead I drove around for five hours with my pants unzipped. <laughs> Snossages. Well, I, I didn't actually drive for five hours. but uh, Yeah, I got what you're saying. Yeah. You're a horrible son. <laughs> I know. I'm, 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 getting her, I'm getting her gluten-free pizza tonight. Ooh, that's nice. Where are you getting that from? Uh, either Mackenzie River or Papa Murphy's. Ooh, I love Mackenzie. You should do Mackenzie River. She prefers their crust. Yeah. Papa, my my yeah. dad's not really wild about it, but I told him, you know, screw you. Yeah. It's, mo- it's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. It's not Father's Day. Suck it, old man. There's a Father's Day? Apparently. I read something interesting about the history of Mother's Day. What was that? It had to do with uh, how it started. It was actually a group of... Mothers that got together, uh, was, I believe it was right after the Civil War, and hmm. they wanted to start an organization that would promote peace so that their sons would never have to uh, go off fighting each other again. Well, that makes sense. And then I guess it was in 1906, it became something akin to what it is now. And then in 1920, Hallmark, I guess, started making cards for it. Oh, damn Hallmark. They get a hold of Valentine's Day, they get a hold of Mother's Day. And then force you to get cards and recognize special days. Bastards. Yeah, it's, it's especially funny, uh, the card thing, you know, forgetting to get my mom a card because I meant to yesterday when I was driving around. And I've got a printer and I've got Creative Cloud and mm-hmm. I've got files. I could have made one, but the computer was running so hot that I had to shut it down. Yeah, I didn't even have that excuse. I could have made one, but I just went out and bought one because I'm lazy. Well, it's the thought that counts. Well, at least she doesn't listen to the podcast, so she'll never know. <laughs> anyway, well, my sister will probably tell her because I think she listens to the podcast. So I just screwed myself there. Yeah, she she's a mom too, so happy Mother's Day to her as well. Yep, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everybody who's a mother. Yeah. Yes. I think we said that before, but we'll just do it again. Good karma. All right, so we're on. Uh, are our... we keeping the music in the background? Yep, we are. We keep Shell Shock Lullaby in the background because cool. they're awesome. Well, they are, and they are playing at GobCon this year. For all those people out there that want to go to an awesome convocation of goblins, it is being held in Butte, Montana, at the station on September sixteenth and seventeenth. You can come see them perform live, preferably live, not dead, live. At the station, Saturday night at the ball. The ball. Yes. That's what we're calling it. We're calling it the ball. 
I can't remember. Is a co- we call it the masquerade ball or costume ball? Costume ball? I, don't I think, remember. Yeah. You get to dress up in fancy costumes and have fun. It's similar. With awesome live music by Shell Shock Lullaby because they're awesome. I'm going to say awesome a lot today. We should have a little counter where it goes okay. ding every time you say awesome. We've got, right. we've got a list of subjects here about which we shall talk. Yes, we shall. <laughs> the first one is kind of a shitty subject, and I feel sorry for our neighbors to the north, but uh, the catastrophic Canadian wildfire is a sign of destruction to come. This is an article by uh, Mark Finchetti of Scientific American. This was uh, done. It's is- a hack. It's a hack job. <laughs> yeah, against what do wildfires. Scientists know? What they do, don't know nothing. Yeah, scientists. What did they ever do for us? Um, but seriously, I feel sorry for the folks up at Fort McMurray. They had to evacuate all of Fort McMurray and the surrounding areas in Alberta uh, early because of, or early. Uh, we have an early wildfire season, essentially. So for all of you uh, people like us that live up in Montana and the northern states, we're screwed this year. Um, so there's an interesting article talking about the uh, wildfire going on right now that forced the evacuation for Fort McMurray and uh, interesting read just in general, especially for us Montanans and probably Idaho, Washington, um, we're screwed this year. There's no getting around it. But the good news is in the future, we're going to be even more screwed. Yep. Steadily, but that's scientific, and we don't believe in science. No, science is all lies. We believe in reading subject headlines of tabloids and running with those, such as presidential assassination conspiracy theories. I just watch Fox News. Yeah, me too. I, <laughs> I love that channel. Yeah, Glenn Beck, man. He's the best. He's a professional. Uh, yeah. I like the way he got a bunch <clears throat> of crushed Cheetos. Are you okay? I'm sorry. I just threw up on my mouth You were thinking about him, bit. weren't you? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he got a bunch of crushed up Cheetos recently, put oil or something on his face, lotion. It puts the lotion on his skin. Anyway, he put crushed Cheetos on his face to try to look more like Donald Trump. And then when people were mocking him, this he said a- America was basically doomed. This is a real thing? Yes, this is true. He did this, huh? He did. Wow. He's my hero. Yeah. Maybe they could get into a car wreck into each other or something. That'd be cool. I'd buy that for a buck. All right. I think I'd pay a few thousand dollars for that, actually. Yeah, I'd chip in some money for that. Okay, on to some some cheery news outside of we're all fucking doomed due to wildfires. Um, and then politics we'll try to stay away from because that all sucks right now too but uh here's a great one uh for all you uh rpg tabletop gamers out there there's a great article uh, that was out or i guess not really an article per se but ranker.com has another list 11 things you learn about your friends by playing DD. very true so we pulled uh, four things out of the 11 that are on the list right now you can go in and you can rank it which is really fun so the current as of this morning number two was you can find out who missed their calling as a lawyer. You hate those pricks. So you're in there, you're trying to play a game, and it's always, they bust out the player's handbook or the dungeon master guide, and you now this rule is like this, or you have to do it like this, or you have to do it like that. Especially if you're a DM, that is the most aggravating shit that's out there. I only did that when it was working in my favor. Exactly. I never did that in any other case, so I wasn't too bad. Maybe you should have been a lawyer. Of course, I think number eight applies to you, too. I'd have been disbarred by now. We'll get to that. Um, Number four, who's the drama bomb? No kidding, right? You can see the drama (laughs) right off the bat. Who wanted to create, like, the days of our lives in D&D and really get into the whole aspect of the woe is me or 
I had the affair with the um, barmaid once who came back with my baby, but it might be the ogre's baby. And I just remember the paladin that went around raping everybody. Yeah, that was disturbing. And said that God made him do it. I think that's more under seven and eight, though, right? Yeah, that was pretty horrible. So number seven was who wants to be the supervillain? You get to find out who the freaking really freaky, shitty... Like evil bad evil bastards are in your in your friendship because they <laughs> man they let that shit out and i'll tell you what we've had some games where people i mean very unassuming people people that go on about ethics and morality and then cheat on their girlfriend with their neighbor's wife and then oops. oh yeah well yeah that's a good one i'm not going to point out who that, did that that isn't even the one i was thinking of but I mean, we had we had a game where this dude was so disturbing in the game. I think he had us quiet for like a minute, just digesting what he had just said and done. Was to, that where he was sticking two port on his products? Armor? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We won't even repeat some of the shit that happened in this game, but it was so disturbing. Yeah, he was a battle rager that was going around grabbing pigs and sticking them to his armor while they were still alive and, and yeah, it got weird. And then other stuff and we won't even yeah. re- we won't even go from there. But you can imagine just the disturbing stuff that happened here. But you can really see the little glint of darkness start escaping and then the floodgates open up and man the freak show just came out. So the disturbing stuff that was down there. Holy crap. Um, and then eight, of course, who's the perv of the group? <laughs> Just sitting here to my right. Yeah. Well, I was one of them. <laughs> well, yeah. I think actually everybody turns into pervs when it goes all to RPG. Of, all of us did. Yeah. Every, everybody. Even when we had big groups, like 12 people and stuff like that, everybody ends up turning into pervs. So I think that's I think that's kind of a gimme. You, you RPG tabletop and you automatically turn into a perv eventually if you play long enough. Hopefully not everyone does. No. But I think eventually, I don't know that. I guess we're trying to figure out who was the worst pervert. And that might go hand in hand with the supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, anyway, so. Remember Gullthuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the half giant. We, we, we won't go into that either. That was, that was extremely disturbing. <laughs> he became rather obsessed with halflings and. Yep. And I realize that this is coded as adult content, we can swear, but I don't even think there's a category that we could put on this that would warn people to listen to the things that happened in those games. Oh, they I miss the Gullthuck stories. They were they were kind of, uh, they were epic. They were entertaining, that's for sure. And sometimes my characters ended up in it, and, you know, I never appreciated what happened to them, but it was, it was fascinating. I, I think if you had, like, tabletop RPG snuff RPGing, then... That would that be w- part of yeah, it. Yeah, that would be kind of the classification there. And the Ocular of- Orbit cannot take a member that size without the skull splitting. We learned that. Oh, oh my God. You just had to go there. All right. Anyway, we, we will move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we have another article from therealnews.com. Um, Supreme Court just made it easier for the FBI to hack your computer. Uh, the intercepts Jenna McLaughlin says Congress must act quickly to block the FBI from having more powers to hack your personal computers. This is a video, and I'll post a link on the uh, podcast site so that you can go through. It's about an eight-minute interview talking about the ramifications of uh, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, making more determinations, and this kind of stems from the uh, Apple case versus the, or the FBI versus Apple um, and all the stuff that's coming out of what the federal government can force civilian agencies to do. Um, this is getting kind of scary, actually. They really want to go in with a kind of a 
open paintbrush of power to Car be able to, to launch exactly to do whatever they want and take whatever information they want and I don't know. To a degree, you know, you can argue security over personal information, you know. I just say those who are willing to give up freedom in order to secure more personal uh, safety or security are deserving of neither. That's really a horrible pair of uh, phrasing of, I think, something that uh, Thomas Jefferson said. Yeah, but I see where you're going with it, and I have to agree. I mean, we have to have a, a certain certain amount of limitations here on the government. And, and just having free range to go in and do whatever you want under the guise of it's terrorism. This is terrorism. That's terrorism. And it's not even that it's terrorism. It's it's potential terrorism. You know, they don't have to get a warrant if they believe that it's terrorism. You know, it's it's gotten to that level. It's absolutely ridiculous. And so there has to be some level of oversight for government. So this is a good video to go in. Take a look. You know, you need to get educated on it and you need to be involved with it. I'd it's like to say... First of all, I have nothing to hide, nothing illegal on my computer. Uh, some embarrassing stuff. Some really, I mean, okay, yeah, we get the point. You want you want to hear some about it? No, no, I don't. I don't. I really don't want to know what you look at. I don't at all. But I get where you're going. I don't have anything to hide either, you know. But I really just don't want the government to be able to access anything at any time. They sh there should be a certain there should be limitations. Exactly, they should have to get a warrant, and they should and not from one of route. those magical shadow courts, you know. They yeah, should be exactly. You know, there's still got to be a level of checks and balances somewhere. In this crazy mixed up world of ours. Exactly. Okay. So we'll post that video on the uh, on the site when we post the podcast. Are you, you sure check you check it out? Are you sure you don't want to hear about what's on my computer? I am absolutely positive. I've seen some of the things that are on your computer. Have you? Did uh, I send you some stuff? For two or three weeks. Yes, you did. I did? Uh-huh. I got rid of some of that. Speaking on things that are on your computer. Uh, okay. New images of Michael Fassbender in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Brazilian entertainment website has gotten their hands on two new stills of Michael Fassbender from X-Men Apocalypse and all the other X newer X-Men movies. Um, as both Calium Lynch and his 15th century ancestor Aguilar in Justin Cruzel's upcoming video game to movie adaptation, Assassin's Creed. So yes, they're making a movie about Assassin's Creed. We'll post a link on the website. Um, it's amazing how many movies they're making of games and Angry Birds. I know. I was going to bring that up too. I just can't believe they're making a movie about that. Oh, why not? <laughs> we're we're uh, dredging the bottom of the barrel here. There's nothing new coming out. It's getting crazy. You know, I, I feel like you could. I don't. I don't even know. It's, it's, it's either making movies about video games, or you know, I, I know we like a lot of them, comics. but still, it's comics. Or it's a horrible remake of a classic movie. Right, and that's it. That's I'm just waiting for a new version of Citizen Kane that has a lot more violence, you know? Yeah. Maybe that'd, some sex that'd scenes. That'd be pretty sweet. You know, starring... Car uh, chases. What's that? Zoe Deschanel? That'd be pretty sweet. You should have Bruce Willis in it. Yeah, Fran Drescher. That'd be pretty awesome. I love Fran Drescher. I do, too. I wish she'd start coming back in more stuff. I miss her voice. I wish she would be um, Xena, the warrior princess. I'd watch that. What? Yeah. Fran Drescher as Xena, the warrior princess. You wouldn't watch that? I would I would watch watch that, but who 
I mean, come on, outside the box. I'm not sure she really looks like. Well, okay, that would be outside the box. Exactly. Think about it. Just just let that percolate for a few minutes. All right. So moving on in tradition with mother, or I shouldn't say tradition, but with Mother's Day. Um, we had a great article here, and that was from OuterPlaces.com. The best and worst sci-fi mothers. Uh, this was by J- Janie Tracy. It was out today. Um, there's a list of a few best and worst sci-fi mothers. Uh, we picked one from each, and then you can go and check out the article. It's a pretty good article um, that they wrote on it. Uh, she mentions the worst as being Leia. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with this, but, you know... Um, you kind of go in and you read it and it makes some sense. Um, kind of the short narrative here that she had wrote just a, a brief paragraph. The blame for the rise of Kylo Ren is shared by Han a little bit by Luke as well, but Leia is arguably a little more responsible. She understood the ramifications of Ben's heritage better than Han did, but as detailed in the new star Wars novel, novel bloodline. Marvel. Yeah, I can't talk <laughs> Norval. She inexplicably chose not to tell him. I need to read Bloodline. I never read that yet, or haven't read that. Parents aren't 100% responsible for their children's actions, but when your son aspires to be the most evil person in the universe, you should probably stop and take a look at your choices. I want to know what happened to all of the, what are they, Timothy Zahn novels? I know. And the other, what? Those were excellent. They uh, were. I don't know why they didn't go from that. I mean, what happened when Admiral Dalla? Yeah, Admiral Dalla. Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of great stuff. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. I yeah. just want to see her, but kind of Mothrod would be pretty cool too, but his continuation after the fact was extraordinary. And, and of all the things not to adopt, why not pick up Timothy Zahn's novels? Those were great. I'd love to see an adaptation of those. I would too. And I wish that we'd go that route, but, but, but the current uh, star Wars movies are still, Oh, it was fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. I'm not going to complain. Very it was, happy. It was great. Better than Batman versus Superman. I haven't seen that, and I'm not sure I want to. I haven't either. I was just saying. But it's got Ben Affleck in it, <laughs> our hero. I know. That ass clown. I blame his mother. Oh, yeah. Worst mother ever. Oh, crap. What if he... Maybe he was an orphan. Maybe he was. Maybe what? that's why he wants to play Batman. I don't know anything about him. I don't either. Oh, well. I, I take that back about his mother. His mother's probably a really great person. She probably I, is. I shouldn't say anything bad about her. Just him, because yeah. he's an ass clown. All right, so the best, one of the best mothers was Star-Lord's mom in Guardians of the Galaxy. Really, um, we don't know anything about her outside that she had a disease. She dies, but she gives him an awesome mixtape. Several mixtapes. Oh, that's true. She gets that second one at the end of the movie. So he gets some mixtapes. You know, yeah, she seems a really cool. Argument. Yeah, seems like she really cared. My mom never got me a mixtape. She never put together anything like that for me. That's a little disturbing, though, because I always thought that mixtapes were something, you, you know, back yeah, in the day you, you gave to, to your, your girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. Whoa. Hmm. Well, I guess, what, you know, a little kid is kind of cute. That's true. But, you know, when someone's older, say in their 30s. Yeah, that's a little disturbing. That's a little messed up. Um, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe this should... Maybe it should be worse, Mom? Maybe know. someone else's mom could get me a mixtape. That's, that's true. Hey, Mrs. Robinson. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not applicable. But. Let's see. In comparison to my age, she'd be in her 50s at least. <laughs> yeah, it could work. Wait, no, probably 70s. Uh, that could work, too. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we'll we'll post a link to this, uh, this article, again, from Outer Places. So pretty good article. Check it out. All right. Um, another one on the Guardian. Uh, they put together a really good collage and mixture of a hundred years of America's national parks in uh, f- 
picture photographer or pictures essentially picture photographs yeah picture photographs smellographs um and various other things that have been you know slides and stuff like that that have been put over into digital oh uh presentation online so you can check it out you can scratch been, and sniff a wolf yeah that'd be awesome Ooh, that would not be awesome <laughs> i need to think before i speak yeah <laughs> <laughs> have been inspired by the majesty of america's national park since they were founded more than a century ago so we're fortunate because we live up here we got glacier national park and yellowstone park hopefully we have them at the end of this fire season um but uh, how about scratch and sniff tour of uptown butte uh, that'd be that'd be disturbing It'd be mostly vomit uh um, feces urine meth residue yeah i don't even know, i don't um, know what that smells like but yeah um toxic fumes it seems everybody in butte's doing meth what's the main thing that's in the pit uh um i what? don't know <laughs> leftover mining minerals um, Lots of different types of acids that were used for leaching copper and other metals from the soil. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that scratch and sniff. You can take that back. You can have it. I get to scratch and sniff it every day. It's all yours. I don't want it. I don't want cancer of the balls. <laughs> you lived in beef for too long. You've already got it. <laughs> I hope I only have it in one ball because I got out of there soon enough. They're not really necessary. They're kind of appendages. That's true. They're like an appendix. Mm, yeah. Unless you want to reproduce. They're, they're merely uh, or you're young. accessories. I mean, if you're young <laughs> and you're hoping to develop masculine characteristics, you know, traditionally masculine characteristics, you, you pretty much need the hormones that are that are produced there. Uh, but yeah. Some of the now. hormones. But yeah. Mostly, mostly it's just, it's just little sperms. Purely jewelry now. Mostly they make that useless crap that causes reproduction and the furtherance of the human species. And ball cancer. As we spread across the universe like a plague. And actually, that's that's another good point. Men over 40, go get your balls checked out. Yeah. And get snipped. That too. Why are the stupid people reproducing so much faster than the smart people? I know. This doesn't make any sense to me. What is up with that? Well, actually, it makes sense. I'm just saying, why are they? It's it's wrong. It doesn't make any sense to me because it affects me. I don't want to argue eugenics here. Yeah, I don't either. I did in uh, a bioethics class. I got kicked out. Ooh, uh, yeah, I can see that. Well, I'm just saying that overall for the species as a whole, it makes more sense if elements that have uh, less desirable characteristics don't reproduce quite as successfully. Like Donald Trump? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he's not really smart. He, he's not a, a business genius. He really offers nothing to society. He got a small $10 million loan. He declared bankruptcy multiple times. Three times. He's got a huge vocabulary. He's got the best words, the greatest words. He's going to make us win bigly. Every Very bigly. personal venture that he's gone out on has failed. Yeah, and now he wants us to default on our national debt pretty much. A but lot of our national debt, I think it was 58% or more, was actually held by Americans and American uh, businesses. He's going to make us great. He's like Charlie Sheen. He's going to win. Oh, my God. What yeah. if he does? <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. I can't go to Scotland. I don't have a useful degree. They won't let me in. Um, and I love Scotland. I've never been there, but I, I fantasize about it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Maybe Canada will take us. I don't know. Maybe if we wait around long enough, he'll tank the country and then somebody else will have to take over. Unless he picks somebody like Sarah Palin as vice president, because she's really all like, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Somebody's going to have to come by after they're done and scrape us off the underside of the toilet uh, lid. That's so disgusting. This whole election sucks ass. 
Oh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a great Guardian article that we're going to post on the site. as a, a fantastic article. Um, it's by Lindy West, and essentially the headline is, The Perfect Body is a Lie. I believed it for a long time and let it shrink my life. And um, I'm only going to go from one paragraph here. I really want you to go and read this. Um, this is great. You know, it's from a woman's perspective, but it's great across the board for everybody to read this. Um, women matter. Women are half of the population. When you raise women to believe that they're in- insignificant, uh, they're broken, that they're sick, that their only cure is starvation and restraint and smallness. When you pit women against one another, keep them shackled by shame and hunger, obsessing over flaws rather than their power and potential. When you leverage all of that and sap their money and their time, that moves the rudder of the world. It steers humanity towards conservationism. Conservatism. <laughs> conservatism. <laughs> Jesus, I cannot talk. And walls the narrow interests of men and keeps us adrift in waters where women's keeps safety them and humanity yeah. are, yeah, keeps them adrift, are secondary to men's pleasure and convenience. This is something that is, is so important all throughout time, it seems. This, this has just been going on. Men subjugating women. I can't imagine how hard it must be to get around in this world as a woman. I have to agree. It, it just it boggles my mind the kind of crap they've got to put up with. One thing that really pisses me off is shoes. Oh, I'm, yeah. The high heels, the yeah, low, stuff those are, like that. Those are bad for your feet. You know, they cause circulation problems. If you're running away from something or running towards something, maybe holding an axe like you're going to chop something in half. Yep. Like well, a, yeah, like I mean, troll. you look at it from the you perspe- stumble. Look at it from the perspective of science fiction and fantasy, and and the standards that are held for women as far as what they're supposed to wear, especially even comic costumes. Oh yeah, it's got to be as one, revealing as Woman, possible. You know, not. I mean, I love Wonder Woman. You know, I do too. But at the same time, the the costumes are pretty ridiculous. And I know, um, boy, that wasn't uh, too long ago. Somebody had done an article and. I think it was either a photo shoot or um, they had done pictures of men being held to yes. female hero standards. I remember that. It was fantastic. Yeah, it, was, it was awesome. And I, I will freely admit I like to look at pretty women, pretty girls, ladies. Uh, I like seeing them. Never mind. There needs to be a transition. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It really is stupid. I mean... Um, we can't have these kinds of separations of expectation. You know, if women are expected to dress up in a certain fashion, why aren't men? Exactly. We should all just wear what's comfortable, what we want to wear, regardless of what other people think. And this idea of the perfect body, and, and this it's goes bullshit. across for men and women. Yeah, the, po- the perfect body bullshit. does not exist. You know? Yeah. It's unique to each individual. Exactly. Bone structures, all this stuff. I mean, there's no such thing as the skinny, perfect, you know person you can drive yourself crazy you could actually kill yourself trying to meet this ideal that's just pointless so what we're saying to you is fuck everybody that are telling you that you're not perfect you are who you are it is important to be healthy yes be healthy but if you're big and healthy be big and healthy exactly don't try to starve yourself down and Uh, a lot of people get unnecessary uh plastic surgery for instance mostly women it seems and it, it makes me sad because, in a way, they're kind of butchering themselves. You know, so, a lot of them, just they're, they're perfect the way they are. Now, plastic surgery can be necessary in a lot of cases for uh, disfiguring diseases and injuries and things like that. Then it's good. 
But people who do it just because they think someone else will find them more attractive for it, that's Don't sad. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Be happy being you. And I if mean, that person won't find you attractive unless you look differently, screw them. Find someone better. You're unique. Be happy being individual and being you. Um, so the overview is Lindy West has published a book talking about the perfect how the perfect body is a lie. I'll post a link for this Guardian article, and then it goes into talking about her book. Please check it out. Yes. Outstanding article. Okay, next article um, from Daily.com. This robotic surgeon is already better than humans, and it's just getting started. What am I supposed to do now? You're pointing at me. You could read. Okay. This is by Selena Larson. Uh, I feel like if I read this verbatim, it's actually going to be some kind of infringement on somebody else's intellectual like property rights. Paraphrase. I'm being put on the spot here. Okay. So essentially, there's a smart tissue autonomous robot that's being programmed to execute surgery on soft tissue procedures. And it's already supposed to be better than human surgeons. So it doesn't have the possible problems like shaking hands or momentary distraction or performing operations on the wrong body parts. Yeah. Let's see. Can I mention St. James? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do not remove this limb. I need it. The other one is the one that is infected. Uh, and I got the staph infection while I was in your fine hospital. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then, uh, so medical technology is taking a step forward. Hopefully the programming is good. <laughs> yeah. You don't want someone to hack that. Yeah. That, you oh. know, that actually brings up a really good point. And it talked about. Could you imagine the government and... or some organization using that as an assassin, assassination tool? Someone has a severe uh, injury or disease and they're getting it operated on. And this organization doesn't like that person and wants to get rid of them. So they hack into it remotely and they cause, yep. you know, just a little nick here, damage. you know, carotid artery or something. And yep. So it's scary in that respect, too. You would have to have a closed system for that. But at the same time, I mean, you have pacemakers that are Wi-Fi, you know, yeah. that you can access and, and that have actually been hacked. So in one respect, it's cool where medical technology is going. But on the other hand, it's kind of scary at the same time. With yeah, all the I like hacking. closed loops. I don't like things that can be updated wirelessly or, you know, changed wirelessly. I, I hate Wi-Fi. I don't use Wi-Fi. All my connections are wired, and I've got a physical switch to disconnect them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're kind of like the old-school Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my keyboard still has a wire. Nice. Yeah. Mine doesn't. Yeah. I've got a wireless mouse, though, so hmm. it could be hacked. And they could do whatever they want with your mouse. Yep. And that's how that stuff got on your computer. No, it's not illegal. <laughs> I'm not even say sh- that it was. I'm not even sure it's unethical or immoral. <laughs> I mean, depending on what your your definition of ethics and morals are in a particular circumstance. I mean, yeah. Anyway, it's not like I'm looking at people that are chopping each other into pieces. Okay, let's stop that anymore. Yeah, anymore. <laughs> anyway, or nuggets. Oh. I mean, nuggets need love too. So anyway. Our friend Josh, <laughs> no, he found no. the end of the internet. <laughs> is horribly disturbing <laughs> well not really i mean people amputees oh need God. love too and it, yeah, it but you know it might it, it's, it's disturbing to us because you know someone who's a quadruple amputee they kind of have to be man- yeah, maneuvered but, around by someone else but but distorting it into making money into a porn industry is <laughs> i don't know whatever i, I don't guess know i mean if you have that fed 
British? I, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, more... you're serving an industry. I'm so. more disturbed by, what are they, furries or plushies or whatever the hell uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, I know. Dressing up that like crap. My Little Pony and doing your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, in anime and manga and stuff like that, I like cat girls up to a point. I don't like the furry ones. I, yeah. I don't... I mean, Doctor but, Who is awesome. But dressing up like a giant stuffed teddy bear and then yeah. having sex with a giant stuffed tiger... Yeah. That's a little disturbing to And me. then I go over to Doctor Who, you know, I, I love that series, I've always loved it, but they've got the cat people, and, you know, I, I look at them like on the episode where they were trapped in new, 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 whatever, New York, uh-huh. in the traffic forever, and they had that nice couple, you know, the human lady and then the cat guy guy, and they had the kittens, they were their children and everything. Right. That didn't bother me, but if it had been the other way around, if it had been a normal human guy and then a female cat-looking person, that would have freaked me out a little. Oh yeah, so it's it's weird how that works out. You know, that's that's, that's, that's a that's kind of a distortion, a cultural. Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. Anyway, it's something going. I need to get over. Yeah, because interspecies love as long as everybody is sentient and uh, <laughs> assents to whatever's going on. You know, yeah. it's it's okay. So. That's true. I mean, I, I suppose so. I mean, there there are lots of. Uh, I mean, it, it comes up in science fiction all the time. Oh so, yeah, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, all sorts hey. of anime stuff like that. You know, who who am I to keep a human and a triple apart? Tribbles aren't sentient. Well, what if it was? Well, then uh, I don't want to see that. But I guess if they do it by the, oh god. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> you know what that uh, would look like? <laughs> no. This is sad because we were talking about a robotic surgeon and we got off completely off topic. <laughs> like you got a whole forest down there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. If you want to read what about... What does it do? Just sit there and vibrate? <laughs> robotic surgeon. Oh my god, anyway. We'll post that, uh, that article on, uh, on the Unless website. you were Klingon. <laughs> and that article will be on the robotic surgeon and not on the vibrating treble. <laughs> but for any uh, aspiring entrepreneurs out there, you might have just had your million dollar or billion dollar idea. Why, why do triples hate Klingons? Oh, I thought that was pretty self-explanatory. I thought you just explained it. Whew. Anyway. Klingons have ridges on their forehead. I don't think they have ridges down there. <laughs> How do you know? That might actually be nice. Yeah, it could be. Anyway. <laughs> Rich well, in the original series, pleasure. a lot of the Romulans were the ones with the strange features, and the Klingons, a lot of them, looked far more, you know, like a regular human. Yeah, they just had big foreheads. They had the freaked out eyebrows. Yep. That's kind of weird how it kind of turned around. And I love the Romulan fashion sense. It's like they're stuck in the late 80s. They've got the really big shoulder pads. David Bowie. Oh, man, I miss David Bowie. I do, too. This has been a shitty year for Real deaths. shitty year. What the hell, man? Prince, David Bowie. Well, last oh, year was man. horrible, too. Like, one of my favorite authors, Terry Pratchett. Yep. He died from early onset Alzheimer's. This is crazy. Prolific author. I mean, just a fantastic guy. I always wanted to meet him. Never got to. Didn't get to meet Leonard Nimoy. Nope. I wanted to really uh, abduct David Bowie and force him to reenact Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. Me. Oh, it's going to be like one of those Sing little fiery things that takes off his head, you know, and take off your limbs and throw them in the fire. Except once you do that, if you're human, only, you can't go only, back. Yeah. You can only do it once. Yeah. <laughs> you only so, get one take. You only get one take. Someday in the future, maybe we'll have interchangeable limbs. Hate those bastards that were posting that April Fool's Day thing saying that they were going to remake Labyrinth. I was so excited about that. Well, not a remake, but a... Well, yeah, kind of a new version or whatever. Well, I was thinking a sequel. Continued. Yeah. Continuation. 
My sister uh, and her husband got me this really cool labyrinth book on all the goblins oh, for nice. Christmas. And it was originally printed, I think, in 1986 or whenever it was, you know, just a year or two after the original movie. Nice. And it turns out that labyrinth... I was hoping it took place in the far future or, you know, another reality or on another world. It takes place on Earth something like five... What was it, 50 million years ago or something like that? Uh-huh. That bothers me. That's a little I wanted it to be in the future. I mean, they've got the worm with the British sense. accent. I know. And plus, I love the idea of, of this kind of magical future, like uh, one of my, my absolute favorite. Well, probably tied for my favorite author of all time, Jack Vance, The Complete Dying Earth. Right. I'm absolutely in love with that, that entire uh, series of short stories and books. And I, I love the entire genre. And Jack Vance. Yeah, he was great. He lived to be over 100. Yep. I never got to meet him. No, that would been cool. Did you know that he was legally blind when he went into the Navy? I did. Did but I tell you that before? You did. Oh. You talk about Jack Fance a lot. Yeah. He's okay. a man crush. I'm, I'm obsessed. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> uh, let's see. Sex with Tribbles. Uh, Robotic surgeons to remove the Tribble. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what if the triple burrows in kind of like... There's this type of fish where the male fish just attaches itself to the female and basically it becomes an insemination organ. That's all it is. What if triples do that? And what if you have really furry children? It's possible. I mean, anything's possible. But if you're a guy... And there's a triple. Does a triple pop out like little hairy, tiny, itty-bitty humans that what if it's grow up to be about Klingon a Klingon triple babies. How scary would that be? They'd be mad all the time. Yeah, they would be. That's actually racist or speciesist to say that, so I apologize. Uh, yeah. Why are you going to hate on Klingons all the time? I don't hate Klingons. I love Klingons. Uh-huh. Like Bilana Torres. Uh, oh, yeah. She was awesome. She was fantastic. One of my favorite Voyager characters. Yep. Oof. She always remind me of, reminded me of Shirley Manson for some reason. Yeah, I can, I can see that, actually. Yeah, it was weird. Hmm. Scotland. Oh, I love Scotland. All right. Next article, Chris Evans and Kristen Bell open up about their struggle with anxiety and depression. This is a great uh, article on the MarySue.com. We'll post a link on the website, but again, it's nice to see that a lot of the great A-lister actors are opening up about their personal struggles with mental, uh, I don't want to say health issues per se, but yeah, health issues. Mental wellness. Yes. I'm not very well. Their struggles with mental wellness. Um, You know. Issues issues mental wellness issue well mental wellness uh travails no Hmm. Hmm. well their battles with uh anxiety and depression they get it too um it's fantastic that they're opening up about it and they're being proactive uh with it you know again you're not alone you know everybody's facing their own personal struggles out there and there's a lot of uh troll haters that are out on the internet that all they do is burn down people i don't do that anxiety depression weight issues body image issues you know uh bullies and go fuck themselves again you got to be comfortable with who you are if there's certain aspects that you need to take care of again personal health and well-being you know you should be striving for that but you got to be happy with who you are and you shouldn't be holding yourselves to, you know, standards that are just, I don't know, industry standards that are ridiculous that have been around for years. And it's so sick and tired of the whole stigma behind going and getting help for, you know, uh, mental health or for any, you know, anything that you need personal help with. One thing that I've noticed that's very strange, well, not strange, but might be counterintuitive to some people 
is it turns out that a lot of folks that were bullies at some point in their lives, I'm not going to say they were bullied themselves, but they end up feeling horrible about it. And a lot of them want to make amends later on. I yep. noticed a lot of people that, you know, picked on me in school ended up saying, hey, I'm real sorry about that. I hope you can forgive me. I know. That's crazy. So I actually had something similar than that happen recently. I had somebody get back in contact with me that was a complete dick in high school that, you know, we're actually talking and pretty good friends today. It's it's nuts. Um, funny how that works. But I think, you know, with years of experience and, and all that, it's funny how that turns around. Yeah, in not, some cases, not in all cases. Yeah, but. not everyone's stuck being, you know, I hate to say it, but not everyone's stuck being a, a jock for life or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with being an athlete, of course, or being you know proud about being a good athlete. But when you're running other people down because you've got these great abilities and they don't have it, yep. you know, that, that's not cool. It's just like being an intellectual type of bully. Back when my brain functioned, I was like that occasionally in grade school, of course. That's when uh, these kids asked me if I had pubic hair, and I always thought they were saying pubic hair, like it was some kind of special insurance system hmm. for kids. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> I should have said, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so anyway, we'll post a link to the article. It's um, like the Amazon rainforest down there. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know why you'd be proud of that one way or the other. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, you know, some cultures. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just wow. I don't like body hair. I think it's weird. Um, it's, it's not for know. me. Ron Jeremy loves it, and I love Ron Jeremy. He's, so. He is awesome. I'm not going to ask him you know, to get rid of his body hair. I'm just saying I don't like hairy armpits and all these other bits. It just, it just seems extraneous, and it reminds me of being an ape, and I don't like apes. Yeah. Except, except that one that's in that... Uh, was a Geico commercial where they've got Tarzan and Jane and they're at, and she asks this little ape, you know, do you know the way to this place, the uh -huh. waterfall or something? And he, he just looks so sad. Like he can't believe that he can't help them. And he regrets it so much. And he's really thinking, racking his mind, you know, willing himself the power of human speech. And it just doesn't come out. And all he can do is shake his little head. And he's just, it's so tragic. So you heard it here first. Mike hates all apes except for one. Well, not all apes, but I hate baboons. Said. Oh, I <laughs> yeah, hate baboons. I hate baboons with a passion. Oh, God. Oh. We're going to do a show on baboons. We're going to have to bring in Philip we'll Nell. Philip as our special <laughs> yeah. guest. Oh, my God. We'll have to have a, a special rating for that show. Oh, boy. And we'll have to point out that we do not, at least I do not, ascribe to most of his viewpoints. But they're funny. <laughs> but they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's one sick bastard, but we also love him. Yep. And yep. in a lot of ways, I guess we're sicker. It could be. Because he's a good, I mean, I, I really do believe that he's a good person at heart. Oh, he is. He and is. if anyone's going to try to uh, sneak up on him and capture him or incapacitate him, you're, you're you're not going to. You're not going to. Just give up now. He's like a ninja. But the nice thing is is hearing a perspective from a different you know, cultural yeah, perspective it, it from is. South Africa. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it, plus, he is the most interesting man in the world. He's the real most interesting man He is. Man he is so world. fascinating. Yeah. And what, back when we first met him, we thought, is this guy full of shit? No. Nope. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's even got the documentaries to yeah, prove it. He's got, <laughs> yeah. If he tells you that he strangled some warlord in Somalia to death, you know, using... With his own intestines? Yeah. He did it. He did it. Yep. He's fantastic. All right. Okay. Uh, last article that we have is a Wired.com article talking about going to work in VR will actually be pretty great, we swear. So are people going to be walking around with 
an Oculus Rift or something attached to their heads, just randomly walking into walls that's, and water coolers and things, or at that's, home? That's a good question. They're sitting at home apparently, um, but you, you know, know, stupid. That's, that's going to technology <laughs> development. You know, your your dog or your cat or iguana or you know python, whatever, is going to be staring at you like, what the hell? That'd be awesome if you could kid out your dog to be there too. Yeah, your dog's got <laughs> all your pets. You know, they're Start all marketing VR. people. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta go give him some water. Yep. <laughs> I don't. Yep. I don't know about VR. I don't know. And, you know, I want a holodeck. It's funny how the the bandwagon with VR keeps coming back. Because remember, it was a huge thing in the '80s for a little bit, and then kind of disappeared a little bit, and then came back in the '90s again. How it was going to be this big thing, and then disappeared. Kind of keeps making a comeback and then goes away for a while. It really came back with uh, a vengeance just recently. I was noticing a lot of uh, new VR games on uh, on Steam, for yep. instance, that uh, take pretty good advantage of a lot of this technology. And I wish I could do some of that, but I don't have the room to run in place and you know do karate chops in the air and stuff like that. If I try that, I'm going to hit something and knock it on the floor and possibly start a fire. I'm going to go to the ER. I just, I don't even, I'm too lazy, man. I just like sitting at my monitor and playing. I, I kind of like the idea of running in place and ducking and I couldn't do it very well. I get really tired within moments, but well, it would be it'd a be good cool way workout. to, yeah, you know, get some exercise and stuff. Be a better way to do it. But like punching know. a troll in the nuts. Isn't it? Yeah. I've <laughs> been running like hell. <laughs> <laughs> But see, all right, Here, here's the perspective of it, the, of you, like, realistic VR. I mean, are we really ready for it? How many people are going to have a fucking heart attack? Because I go back to, uh, what was the one Resident game? Evil. Resident Evil, right? <laughs> the first one. We're in there playing the original PlayStation Resident Evil and screaming like little girls when that thing jumps through the I'd screen. I'd like to point out that that's sexist. It is sexist, but, I mean... Yeah. I only mean Not on like purpose, the pitch. Though. Yeah, just the just the pitch. Yeah, just the pitch. Yeah, like this Sorry high pitch that. scream. Yeah, and I didn't mean anything derogatory about that. These high pitch screams that were just absolutely horrible from a PlayStation One on a really shitty TV. Yeah, you old know? CRT. And, it's, and if I'm doing something like that today, you know, in VR. I'm going to have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> something jumps through a fucking screen or something at me, you know, or like the glass window in an interrogation room or something. I'll probably have a fucking heart attack and die right there. And then can the people who survive you sue the company? See, that in that, that brings out a whole lot of other A questions. lot of litigation there. Work? Yeah. I, I was a bit of a rules lawyer back in... Yeah, a little bit. Gaming. But only for some things. For other things, I'd say it's more important to go with the story. Yep. And plus, we added our own rules. We got sick of a lot of the crap in there. That's true. Like, uh, when you're trying to pick a lock, if you're a thief or you're a bard or whatever, and you fail, you have to wait until you go up a level before you can try picking it again. Uh-huh. I understand why they did that, because they don't want you to say, well, even if your skill's 1%, you could just sit there, you know, for an indeterminate amount of time, you're eventually going to get it. But they could have put in some other mechanic so that you didn't have to go up a level. For one thing, levels were limited. Right. So you could have a lock that was relatively simple. You'd be screwed if you were at your highest level. Yep. You'd never be able to pick the damn thing. Yeah. And there are a lot of times when I've been able to pick a... Uh, okay, there have been times when I've been able to pick a lock without any knowledge, because I have no knowledge. Well, I, I understand some of the theory. Luckily, the statute of limitations has run out on what you're talking about. I was about. actually picking one of my own locks. I, I locked something in, in my uh, desk drawer at work. 
And uh, I finally picked it, got it open, got the thing out, locked it again, and thought, oh, shit, I don't have a key. That's why I had to pick it in the first place. <laughs> so I picked it a second time, and then I removed the lock. And I carry it with me in a bag. Nice. Because I'm going to go to a locksmith someday and get a new key made for it. And then I'm going to lock my desk again, and I will keep the key. And then people will have to approach me if they want to open up that drawer, or they're going to have to pick it themselves. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, I didn't have to go up a level after I, you know, failed the first few times. I, I eventually made it. It might take a long time to pick a lock. Like in combat, you're not going to be picking a lock very well if somebody's throwing things at you. Or shooting you. Yeah. Yep. You can still try to pick the lock, but chances are you're going to get dead. That's true. Yeah. Very true. What about headshots? Um, yeah. We need to incorporate that mechanic in a lot more games. No kidding. Except then it sucks because you're going around, you're like, my character's got 500 points of health. And you get I'm, shot in the head with a 22 and you're dead. And I'm carrying 1,000 pounds of gear. Yeah, I'm carrying 55 swords. And I, I get so sick. I take advantage of that mechanic in video games all the time. Yep. Sometimes I'll go around and I'll say, this is realistically what my character could carry. And then but, you get killed because you don't have anything. Yeah. And there are some <laughs> games where I just don't even give a damn and i just carry whatever the hell i want because i don't get into the story enough yeah no. yeah anyway yeah great article for wired.com we'll post it on the website you can check it out all right so the show to watch for this episode um i have to say when i first watched this i didn't like it and then we went to salt lake city comic-con met the actors for z nation and they're really were awesome. cool people they're awesome i love them and uh, so then I went back and started from the first season and got all the way through all the current stuff, and I absolutely love the show now. Murph is hilarious. <laughs> and it took Mike <laughs> explaining to me that it, it's not like The Walking Dead. It wasn't meant to be absolutely serious. No. It is a fantastic show. I love this show. I'm addicted to it now. It's pretty ridiculous, and uh, I love it. So My mom got me into that, so thanks, Mom. Yeah. 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 She's a big fan of zombies, and she is pretty cool. And I can't believe you didn't get her anything, except for the pizza tonight. You're an asshole. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so anyway, we'll post a link to uh, uh, Z Nation on uh, sci-fi.com. You can check it out. Watch it. You'll love it. Take it with a grain of salt, because it's kind of, you know, what? It, it might be hard to get into it first if you're looking for something that's logical or serious. But it, it's uh, yeah, it's not meant to be logical and serious. It's pretty silly. It's fun. Yeah, it's just a fun zombie kill em show. And if you don't love it, that's okay, too. But I, I think I think a lot of people will. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, give it a fair shake, and I'm sure you'll like it. I did. Um, the book to read for this, uh, for this episode is Leonard, My 50-Year Friendship with a Remarkable Man by William Shatner with David Fisher. This was an incredible book. Um, it was really interesting hearing um, William Shatner's take on his friendship with uh, Leonard Nimoy. I'm not going to say any more than that because I know that Mike hasn't read it yet. No, I haven't. And I'm going to give it to you so you can take it with you and read it. Oh, cool. But it is a fantastic book. We're going to post a link um, to the USA uh, Today story on it. And then uh, pick it up, read it, especially if you love Star Trek and Leonard Nimoy and and William Shatner. Uh, It's a great read, worth picking up. And uh, just read it. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Read the article. Read the book. I know that a lot of... Uh, self-described nerds seem to have more of an affiliation for Star Wars or Star Trek. I, I just, I love them both so much. I do too, because there's there's defined differences between both genres. Star Trek or Star Wars was always more of the action-packed. 
um, I don't want to say quite the James Bondish like into you know the. Well, yeah, maybe kind it's of swashbuckling a... action. It's exactly. like science fantasy. Yeah, it's more of the fantasy aspect. The original Star Trek series was quite a bit of fantasy. But then in the next generation, they went more science fiction, at least for some of it. And it was great because it was these really evolved story plot lines, which was great. So you were getting two very different series that were outstanding. I could actually see them in some ways coexisting. Oh, I could too. That would actually be a really neat crossover, you know, to a degree. I remember we thought about that a lot. Yeah, we argued it a lot too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Maybe something in the future. I don't know. I've got I've got books with the technical specifications of the various iterations of the Enterprise. Yep. And if they're really made of the materials they say they are, and if the shields are as powerful as they say they are, they'd be wiping out some Imperial stuff pretty easily. Hmm. Not all of it, though, but a lot of it. Yeah, we're not going to get into that argument. But I just love the Imperial ships. I mean, God, they're beautiful. Especially the newest one in oh. the First Order Star Destroyer. That God, is, that thing's gorgeous. Yeah, they did a good job on that design. That's fantastic. I love all the ships in, in the new movie. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up here. We're, believe it or not, almost up on an hour. So, sorry. That's going to uh, wrap up our special Mother's Day episode of Goblin Entertainment. It was good to actually have Mike here for this episode. And hopefully we'll get a lot more episodes with uh, both of us. And we'll get uh, our third host, Lindsay, up here. Um, or get her on the phone. We actually figured out the phone technology. Got the studio actually set up for the most part, finally, after a whole bunch of reconstruction and stuff. But uh, anyway. Nice carpet in here. Yeah. It's coming along. I like the color on the walls. Yeah, slowly but surely yeah. coming along. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Yeah, Scully wasn't very nice when we met her. Yeah, I went into that. I oh. gave the, the Salt Lake City Comic Con a B plus. Yeah. As a, as I a wish con. I could have been there for, for that uh, that show. Yeah. Because I, I had nice. probably had some insights. but Yeah. I, I'm really upset that I didn't get to meet uh, George Takei. Oh, yeah. But you got to meet... I got within feet of him. I just wanted to meet him so badly. I, I, got, I got to meet LeVar Burton. And I didn't get to meet And he's LeVar a cool Burton. guy. He's a cool dude. I like him a lot. Yeah. Because I, I did George Takai while you went to LeVar Burton. Ah, uh, you just mispronounced it. You could call them Takai. Takai. Oh, my God, I did. <laughs> and you're the one that told Jesus. me how to, how to say it right. Oh, my God. I can't believe I just did that. Yep. Degeneration of the brain. Yeah. it's I'm losing it. Yeah. It's bad. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that was a holy crap dude that was really good it was only a pale pathetic imitation of of george takei's yeah oh my. i mean he's alan tudyk was by far the coolest though he was a great guy yeah he had a great sense of humor yep at least he wasn't like eh, don't touch me don't look at me don't breathe on me don't talk to me hmm, i wonder who was like that there are two of them Ugh. And there was one that was a gargoyle. Yep. Nothing against gargoyles, mind you. That cartoon was pretty cool. Yeah, that cartoon was awesome. But, ugh. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So I can't get past the feet, though. I can't either. That concludes uh, this episode of Goblin Entertainment. Thank you for tuning in. I am Rob. I'm Mike. And that's all she wrote. <laughs>